With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast. A very special Under Pressure podcast because we have signed somebody and we've signed somebody for a lot of money and um, these podcasts are always very exciting. We're going to do a deep dive on uh, Darwin Nunes. Um, unfortunately, we don't have Rosie um, and we don't have Bart's. Um, Bart's has been fortunately been called into uh, an Ofsted inspection as uni. So good luck with that, Phil. You know, that's going to be keeping you busy. But the great news is for everybody, I do have the hardest working man in sports science, Mr. Simon Brundish. He's managed to find time in, in his busy schedule to get an hour in to talk about Darwin Nunes. How are we, say? Yeah, I'm good. Had some cancellations this afternoon. So uh, so I end up having a little bit more time to have a look through a video or two. People on here will be f- fully aware of my uh, my interest in, in players that don't play for Liverpool. Um, and they basically generally end at Glen Hoddle 40 years ago. <laughs> but the most important thing is, as soon as they do sign for Liverpool, you become extremely interested in them, don't you, at that point? <laughs> Absolutely. Sign me yeah. up. I'm, I'm, yeah. as, and, and if they're fast, that's it. The next love of my life. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, was the, was the gap in your schedule because maybe the ATP tour match to competition didn't go on as long as planned or something like that? Uh, something along those lines. <laughs> A gap opened up, I like it. Right, okay. So anyway, we are going to talk about Darwin Nunes. Um, potentially, sorry, a club record signing, if, if if all goes to plan and we end up paying. I mean, I guess if you guess if we end up paying everything we we need to pay, then he's gonna he's been a rip-roaring success and could be costing up to £85 million. Or is, 80, is that right, £85 million? £68 yeah, million think- guaranteed. Yeah, I think he goes up to eighty-five million. Then, like, do we ever adjust for inflation? Because I'm fairly sure with this inflation rate, this is this is about the amount we pay for Dean Saunders. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what if it's changed much since VBD because we have had COVID, haven't we, and stuff like that. And but yeah, anyway, that would be interesting. See what's happened with football figures. But yeah. uh, first of all, I guess just reaction. It 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 is obviously a big deal. Um, to spend this much money on a player. I mean, last yeah. So there there, there is a reason why. You know, club records exist, and you know this is. We, we, did you see this coming, say? Yeah, well, there was there was talk in the grapevine, wasn't there, about it? But like, I thought he was going to United. Weirdly, um, some coaches that I know that literally 
coach him at Benfica. They thought he was going to United as well just last weekend. Um, so like a week ago. Um, and we swooped in and, and stole him. Um, he's he's like the big ticket item of the summer, isn't he? He is uh, like after Haaland, who was always going to City um, because, you know, he supported them his whole life. Um, but he supports like, them so much he's got a, a lease close after two years, hasn't he? Is that right? That's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. What a huge money grab. His his dad's a genius, by the way. Um, but um, but with this, no, it's fun. Um, I, I, I got love a, a South American. Like I was even fully in uh, Sebastian Cuates. There's <laughs> a name. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Mark Gonzalez, give me, give me a South American. I love them. They work their absolute Gab- nuts off. Gabriel Paletta. Oh yeah, even he, but he, even he was a bit of a grok. I thought he was going to stab somebody at one point, but <laughs> it, I, I remember watching him in the reserves. Jesus, he 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 couldn't fit a stereotype more more succinctly. Um, but yeah, this, this this is exciting. This by all by all accounts, he is a, a headliner, isn't he? He is he he is potentially the next um, great young striker. But probably if we're going to have a group of uh, to replace. Um, uh, the, well, you, you're never going to replace Messi, but Messi, Ronaldo, um, Suarez, and Neymar, and mm. and kind of we've we've had uh, Lever and Benzema sneak in uh, around the same age, but like they were they were a different echelon until the others aged aged out, and now that those guys are taken off as world leaders, but I reckon below that you've got um, Mbappe, Haaland, and by all I I think uh, a lot of people think that this he might be the third. Hmm. Yeah. Now you've already mentioned Benfica there. I mean, the sports science world is is very small, so a bit of a goldfish bowl. Um, but you, it does give you the opportunity to to speak to to people who you know who've actually already worked with this player physically on the training ground, and you know what on the physical side, on the physiological side. Can you give us any nuggets, any things that you've already um, found out? Well, the, the sports science world is kind of small. Everyone's been to conferences with each other or across Europe uh, or done research with each other. This, this, yeah, everybody knows each other. Um, and um, so I'd had a chat about this on the on the rumour that he might potentially come to us or go to uh, United. The boys were adamant he was going to United um, as, uni- as two of them are United fans. Um <laughs> That's like Spurs and Diaz, to be honest. And then a big team comes in and then just uh, said, nope, none of that. We're going to step it, in. It take really over. feels like us in 2012. <laughs> yeah. It feels like the reverse. In 2012, yeah. we were after, and it, like, just... Diego, Chelsea. Diogo Costa. Yeah, 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 exactly. We, were trying to, we, had a, we, had, we had a targeted Diogo Costa, and then big team comes in. Nope, that's not happening. And yeah. and Salah and a Conor Plianka who didn't end yeah. up anywhere, but thankfully Mkhitaryan was another one as well. Yeah, yeah, and that there was another Brazilian that went to China. Yeah, but yeah. a whole bunch of those lads that that we we had these big grand um, proclamations amongst the the leaking press of friends of Liverpool people, um, yeah. and we were going to sign them for relatively big money, and yeah. and then and then Chelsea come knocking on the door, or, or somebody like that, yeah. Or yeah. Arsenal get Mkhitaryan. Yeah, no, it was it was Dortmund, it was Dortmund who got Mkhitaryan, I think. 
Yeah. Anyway, but it's a big team basically comes in. Yeah, There is nobody have... bigger than us right now. The, all yeah. the, if you remember at, in 20, 2012, 2013, or no, 2015, as, as, as recently as 2015, when, yeah. when Brendan was trying to sign, trying to spend the Suarez money, yeah. the, there, were, there, there were lots of reasons why not they wouldn't come to us. Like starting off with uh, they, winning stuff yeah. for a start, right? The potential of winning stuff. The potential of playing with a, a great coach, the potential of great players being around, actual recent history of success, um, the ability to play to pay um, both yeah. world class salary and world class transfer fees, yeah. and now we have we've removed all between FSG and and, and um, Mike Edwards and Klopp over yeah. the last five years. You've removed all of those barriers. I we've we've talked on UP uh, for a long time now. I never thought we would be back at the top table. I thought it was it was totally down to the the uh, oligarchs, the Russia the the Russian the oil money and um, and Man United who pimped off Sky twenty five years ago. Yeah. And I I thought it was impossible for us to break back into the top table. And now yeah. we're properly sat at the head of the top table. And I guess, I guess we are an analytics show. I mean, the, the, the primary reasons we've got there, apart from having a world-class coach, are fantastic use of analytics, bleeding edge, really getting ahead of the game. That's become our competitive advantage. And, yep. and player trading, just, just a string, underpinned by analytics, of course, just a string of great sales and great signings. And, and you know, and this is, I think, I guess this is the one thing that everybody is everybody in public who is not Liverpool fans are saying is that... Um, this is not like the classic Liverpool profile signing of even you know, of the last five years under Klopp, right? But everybody's saying, "Well, we're, we're not going to bet against this because it's Liverpool because of uh, because of Liverpool's track record." Now, obviously, we 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 we, we have to make a mistake at some point, right? We have to acknowledge that we are going to sign a bad player at some point again. We it cannot continue forever. But at the moment, the discourse in public is very much that, yeah, I mean. It's it's expensive. He's young. It, there's not that much data, but it's Liverpool. If they've gone for it, so I mean that's where we are. Side that our track record is is basically speaking for itself. It's absolutely phenomenal. Our track track record of identifying talent, um, but also that started right at the beginning of Klopp. We had a great talent ID before Klopp arrived. Yes. Then yes. we had Klopp arrived so that we could, um, with his reputation, um, he could recruit for himself people wanted to play for him yeah. but then bit by bit he is he has developed and installed a world-class backroom staff so we have yeah. the very best nutritionist in the world we have some of the best sports science staff but we have yeah. the bet we have one of i i would say i would probably go top but we're definitely objectively top five um performance systems in from the top down of of the holistic um, operations of the club yeah. from the CEO through the football director through Klopp through the whole sports yeah. science and medical staff that there's there's one unif uniform decision making process yeah. which has um, all of Amazon Cloud to to um, utilize all of the data input streams that we have from every player from how they slept from the calories they've eaten the type of macronutrients they have 
from um, the blood test results this week through uh, GPS data from matches and from training, all of this stuff to optimize who's playing, who can't, when is the best for them each to play. And the manager absolutely trusts that process in the system so we can yeah. utilize it in a way that no other club does. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, okay. So um, just um, on the what you were going to say, then we got sidetracked. Um, on the physical side, do you know anything about his strength, his stamina, his speed, his, his physical condition side? Do you, can you give us any insights on that? So without giving specific numbers away, you, the, everybody knows about the um, the the physical testing, the, the basically the endurance testing that the lads do with the lactate um, test before where they're doing a big 800-meter uh, uh, lap around um, poles and then uh, to time, and it gradually increases speed, and they're looking, they keep giving them blood tests every time they do around the ear, on the ear prick, and every year, um, James Milner wins. Um, <laughs> you, Everybody knows this. Um, and he would be in the top five. Darwin is a, a physiological beast. Um, so he, do, he, he has, uh, I, I was tweeting about it the other day because people got offended about me thinking I was criticizing him when I wasn't in any way at all. I was trying to find out without knowing anything about him, what qualities that he could be bringing that Klopp wants so we can evolve as a team yeah. because from to, to, like really without taking any without knowing any um, any particular details of him he looks like um from a player profile perspective he's a big strong fast lad who can head a ball he can take people on um he looks like divvy and i i might be one of the least fans of divvy in the world definitely as a liverpool fan but klopp talks of him as a world class finisher he talks about him all the time he's the best finisher mm. at the club and and we know how klopp likes to blow smoke up people's yeah. ass but you know along with the liverpool legend stuff that liverpool fans love about divi i i genuinely asked the question highlighting their their per 90 stats this season or across their careers in fact what is it that he does better than divi does so mm. that i can kind of ascertain what we think Klopp is Klopp wants what what skill set is he bringing? Are you basically saying that Darwin's the Divi replacement? <laughs> yeah, is he? Is or he the upgrade? Divi replacement? The Divi upgrade. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and yeah. you're not going to upgrade a lad that he that Klopp actively doesn't play. He yeah. doesn't choose to play. So yeah. if he, if Klopp's paying this kind of money, what is what are the qualities he wants to solve what tactical issue? Yeah. Because if it's worth this much money, he's doing something so, tactically to, yeah, to so involve. Yeah, so we're going to talk about tactics later on the agenda. Yeah, yeah so my, po my point the... is that he actually is is not Divi. He is uh, he is better at the things Divi does, and he does some some very different stuff uh, by all accounts. But Divi is nowhere near as as fit as him. So one of the comparisons was that he doesn't press because or. It, from my, it wasn't my conclusion that he doesn't press, but the data doesn't show any evidence of him pressing, which is probably down to um, tactical style. system. Yeah, yeah team style. Because yeah. um, Divi's not a hard, a hard presser, but he presses more than twice as much as him. But that's going to be a team style thing. But my point is that knowing his fitness data, he absolutely has the, the work capacity to press mm. like a monster, in fact. Um, right up there with the with with the the highest volume presses in our so, team. I think. 
So yeah, you can't give the precise numbers away, but you said he was top five. Would that be for would that be for speed or acceleration or endurance or all of the above? It's, it's endurance. So he'd be endurance. top five in the endurance tests. Brilliant, right? But then also he might he uh, um, his speed. Um, well, he basically was described to me by a by a Benfica coach as um, a rapid um, Batistuta. And I was like, okay, I'll take that. That's good for me. Because um, Batistuta is probably the, my, my favourite non-Italian player um, mm. uh, last 30 years, I'd say. Mm. Um, and but- like, like he's good. But, but the point being, he, he has top speed recorded of 36.7 kilometres an hour. Mm-hmm. So he's doing like 9.9 metres per second. And that's elite, elite top speed. Mm-hmm. So we're talking as fast he would easily fit into our so, front three. He is. Okay. He is. It would be a race between, depending on which distance, it would be a race between him, Mo, Mane, Diaz. It, it came out this week that Virgil had said, um, obviously given his two penneth on the rounds of consultancy to the club, and said, yeah, he was a very, very difficult opponent when he played him in the away leg at um, Benfica. Um, based on his speed numbers and Virgil's, do you think it's pretty close in terms of top speed? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very, it's very close it. with top speed. Virgil's love had a thirty-six-seven recorded before. Yeah, love it, absolutely love it. But yeah, six foot two, uh, one meter eighty-seven, eighty kilos. I mean, that's, that's a big boy, isn't he, for twenty-two-year-old? I, I, I actually, I've seen his profile numbers. He's one eighty-nine. Wow. Okay. And it, it, and and weight eighty kilos accurate. Yeah, eighty-two. Oh, so, so he's, a big, he's a strong boy. So eighty-two kilos in all That's almost twelve stone, right? Uh, no, twelve four, twelve oh. five. Okay, I weigh wow. no. It's, it might even be a little bit heavier than that. I weigh seventy-six kilos. I'm at like eleven and a half. Okay, okay. Wow. So he is a, he is a he's a prime. He's a hunk of Uruguayan prime beef, then basically. Yeah, yeah. He's not quite as as muscular as as probably. He's not quite as heavy as Virgil, but yeah. he, but he's that kind of physical physical specimen. In terms of other centre forwards, um, into, are we thinking? He, he sounds bigger than Torres to me. I looked at his videos. Yeah, you know, I do. I do like him. He does remind me of Torres on the videos, but that's bigger than Torres, right? Those. He is, yeah. Physical. Well, he's not. He's 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 taller than Torres, but it, and he's probably bigger than Torres when he played for us, but yeah. Torres now, his bicep's bigger than his chest. Oh, yeah, with his Torres the gym owner, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but, but, you know, he very much, he does actually remind me of Torres. Yeah, 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 and in, in, when you watch him on the video, I, th- I think so, but when you, when you and see... he was same age when we signed him. If you're telling me 36.7 kph, top speed, plus um, 1 meter 89, plus 82 kilos, that's a lot of power, Sai. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, it is. that must translate to a lot of power. But it's divvy, but with the will to use it. <laughs> I love it. Right. Um, okay. Just a quick one, right? Before we move on, negative one, slight negative one. Um, the recurring knee injury, three separate times. Um, do you have any intel on that? And are you bothered? Wasn't a recurring knee injury. It was a different knee injury, um, and okay. only one was of any concern. It was fixed. So no, I don't that was the any. one. That was the one. That was the one last summer. Yeah, 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 yeah. But also, he uh, uh, a little bit more in his history. He had uh, a thing called Severs, which uh, as he was growing, he had a really fast, um, a rapid, late growth spurt. Um, 
And so... Is that what uh, we call shin splints? No, that is Osgood Slatter's disease. But it's similar. Yeah. And, and both are very, very, very common in academy footballers. Um, and That's who grow rapidly in a short space of time. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you think it was related to that growing, more more like growing pains kind of thing. Uh, early ones were, yeah, because he's still he's still young, still yeah, properly, yeah. yeah. So so last season was the last one. So uh, yeah, yeah, I think he's good. Just in comparison, Divi, uh, one meter eighty six, seventy five kilo. So yeah, close, very close. Just a little bit heavier and a little bit, um, big, a little bit taller. I, I I also don't believe Divi Divi weighs less than me. I don't know how I don't know size are about 15 times of size of mine I don't know how often FB ref update their height and weight numbers you'd like to think they update them more than once wouldn't you well I also don't think that there so no official figures are ever published right so the club club don't actually need to share any data about about height and weight um and I, I think it's largely a guess okay okay and maybe if they put it on the wiki profile or something yeah Right, okay, that's good news on the injury anyway then. Right, particularly okay. just, just for reference of people, in England, it's illegal. Is it? It's height and weight, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 of... crosses, it crosses two things, a GDPR, but also uh, health, uh, medical... Private, uh, yeah. Yeah, private medical contracting stuff. Um, con- uh, and so, like, unless there's specific data released from, um, like, uh, an agreement with uh, FIFPRO... Or um, with FIFA specifically with the with the player that it can't be done. Yeah, right now, very important conversation here for you, Sai. Right now, we've already talked about he's young, twenty two. Right, right. This is one of the eternal topics in 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 all sports, not just football. Um, about when do players, how do they progress from being youth to senior, and how do we interpret? signals in and from noise in performance data especially in this difficult period of transitioning from a youth player with youth output to a grown man and their and their adult output you know how do when do players make make the leap obviously there's lots of different it's different for everybody obviously and and how how do we go about interpreting what we call breakout seasons because i think it's fair to say uh, darwin's just had his in portugal so 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 give us your thoughts on that whole journey from 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 youth to senior and and how we interpret it how, how we interpret the data i think it's it's different to each club for uh, each country for a start because uh, it's easier to break in in some countries particularly some of the latin countries that sell off their best players to um foreign countries so so the quality of veteran we might say in american sports will be lower because uh, in portugal there mutinho's playing in the champion in in England. Do you know what I mean? So um, the the it's easier for for youngsters to break into their it, at decent level as well. Yeah. So they get to play Champions League football, where in England it's much harder to do. So in Holland, um, in in Portugal, and probably in France, in the lower clubs, it's, that stuff is easier because they have such a, a high lay, um, rate of um, emigration. Uh, of their best players, so mm. um, that yeah, that's that's interesting. I I, I like to from once. So basically, a, a good player is going to have have clocked up more than three thousand minutes by the time that they're, they're they're really twenty two. That would that was Arsene Wenger's rule, um, and they would start to be performing like a, an adult 
um, uh, in in slightly shorter, maybe stunted minutes by the time they're 21. Otherwise, they're not going to make it at all. And the best ones, they're generally broken in by the time they're 19. And he, we, we're talking like almost 2,000 minutes as a 19-year-old. Uh, Almira, was that what he was? He yeah, was so it, I've just put it into the live show chat. So I put into, I put it, tried to put as much as I can into a single dashboard just to give everybody an idea so his, his career journey he went from south american uruguayan first division played for Pinarol uh, in montevideo uh so he played almost two thousand minutes there in the uruguayan first division and the copa libertadores um and then he moved across to almeria in the spanish second division age 20 he played one season for almeria before he got a before i believe benfica bought a club it was a club record signing for benfica um no. And then age 21, Si, he clocks up 4,139 minutes. This is including Uruguay minutes as well. But that, as age 21, that's, um, that's, a, that's a big number, right? It, it is, that's a big jump as well. But it's actually not such a big jump because the numbers you've got, the, the, they don't, uh, FB ref don't, don't tend to track um, uh, age group, na- international age group minutes. So um, the 19, age 19, the 1918 minutes uh, in Uruguay, he would have also been playing age group football as well. Yeah, and I I should have said, these are all from Scout, right? So and I have actually got the, these are actually all competitions, total minutes, including Uruguay and Uruguay age group. So they they are in as well. So Oh, wow. Then that's a big jump. So so, like basically... um, Industry practice would be uh, no more than thirty percent increase year on year. Yeah, that's almost um, so twenty-one. Yeah, no surprise you got a bit of an injury at the end of that. Yeah, but but to have, to have got a four four k minute season age twenty-one, that's got to be that's 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 a big milestone almost in his because that's what he'll be playing for Liverpool probably four <laughs> k. Well, if he's if he justifies his fee, he's going to be playing like well over three and a half thousand for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the slight decline this last season due to the minutes, and and then all the other chart, all, all the other metrics I've put in there. We've got shots, uh, we've got his shooting metrics, uh, non penalty xg and xa, and the and the actual goals and assists. And I guess the the thing is, say you say you you you're going to start playing in you know in a first team as a junior, and you want to be showing some level as a team while you're still a teenager, and then you'll be wanting to get. You know, by age twenty-one, you will be wanting to have significant uh, contributions in, in the first team at, 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 at your. When 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 would you say a player would get to their peak numbers as an, or start exhibiting what you might call peak numbers? What's the oh. what's the trajectory, especially for say for forwards? So I've looked at these for across. It's it's definitely specific um, position specific, but it's also it's also attribute specific as well. So okay, uh, f- so forwards. Uh, peak younger than midfielders and much younger than defenders, centre backs, um, but also fast forwards peak earlier and um, slow forwards tend to peak later than everybody else. So um, the slow forwards generally are peaking 28, 29, and that can even last until they're 32, 33. Their their general peak with a with a no with less than 10 percent drop off from their peak year. Um, so they have tend to have a flatter peak, and um, the fast forward. So like Darwin, uh, I, I don't. He seems to be a bit of a hybrid. So um, one of the exceptions to this is Thierry Henry, but he's a genius. So yeah. it, it's tough to weigh up genius against speed. Do you know what I mean that you've got unicorns that are always that like 
Ronaldo still scoring elite number of goals at 47. But <laughs> um, but yeah, you're gonna, always going to have unicorns. But but in general, it works that um, the peak years for the peak year age for a fast forward is 24.6. The peak age for a slow forward is 28.2. For a big one. Um, so and and the peak the peak usually lasts three years in a slow forward in a, in a fast forward and it lasts for just over four years in a f- slow forward. So we are getting him at the beginning of his peak. Yeah. So last season was his breakout season, and that's almost like that should hopefully be a, a predictor of his of his peak performance years. Yeah, you could you could probably add about I I would go fifteen percent onto his onto last season will be his peak year. Yeah. So let's have a quick and last season was really good. Yeah, let's have a look at some of the the, the numbers here in this thing. So last se- last season he had two point eight shots. So there's his steady steady trajectory up over the last three seasons. You can see from two point five shots in Almeria, two point six and two point eight. Uh, which is a really good. It's, 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 he's not shot shy, that's for sure. Um, which is always a good thing in a striker. Um, the um, the the non penalty xg and the xa are both basically increasing on the age as well. Um, what's interesting is is that last year he he was getting good levels of xg and xa. Um, so the season before last, age twenty one. Um, but he he underperformed, if you like. There, so he didn't have the overall massive goals numbers of this season. But his expected numbers were still good. Whereas this season, he's actually converted more, and and you know, and his goal involvement this year is down to every ninety goal or assist every ninety eight minutes. Now, that's a pretty impressive number, isn't it? Saying like every goal or assist every ninety eight minutes. You sign me up for that. Yeah, that 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 is probably. Uh... 10 to 15% improvement on what we generally get out of a center forward. Yeah. So on the on the shooting, um, his shot accuracy is very good. Um, almost 50% over the three last three seasons. Uh, you know, getting almost 50% of your shots on targets, it, that is that is unusual. That's very high. Uh, and that's probably one reason why his 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 um his conversion rate is is good as well because there's the old adage, you know, the Samuel Eto'o, the Sadio Mane style, basically just get it within the frame of the goal and blam it. You don't necessarily have to place it; just get it on target and hit it hard, and it'll go in a lot of the time. Um, so his shooting accuracy is very high. One thing it'll be interesting to track is just how far his shots are from goal on average next season, and see what he's getting. Because is it is it is it is it all his shooting with Benfica, or is it his shot locations he's getting into? That's not quite possible to show at this point. But um, look yes. at looking at the go- actual goals he scored. That that I I could probably go through and count them, but he had a lot of uh, of. The kind of goal we were scoring seventeen eighteen, the breakaway goal. Right. He was yeah. he was getting a lot of one on one or or that in transition. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, which will obviously be different if teams play low block against us, but we'll come on to that in a minute, the tactical. Um, his, his XG per shot is pretty consistent as well, um, around about 0.17 of the last three seasons. And then you can see the big red line on the on the chart on the top row second from the top it is the bedline on the shot conversion you can see that gone up from about 15 percent the previous two seasons to 27 percent last season and then the bottom left chart is there is the goals 
the non-penalty goals minus non-penalty XG. So he's almost 11 over is it is is it so we could say that's hot um we look at the seasons before slightly under his xg on those previous three seasons but then on his breakout year he's just gone supernova um yeah so anything else you want to pick up before we move on say uh no that's awesome can i can can i just um add a little bit of uh, historic context because we're going to go down the the uh comparison with our other forwards aren't we yeah yeah at, at age, at the age, I've, I've ran through just putting the chat. Well, we'll do that. We'll do that now. We'll do, we'll do the scout. Oh, we'll okay. do the new scouting report after that. We'll do we'll, we'll do it with our other forwards now. Yeah. So age twenty two seasons of uh, of Suarez, Kane, Shevchenko, Thierry Henry, Lewandowski, Batistuta, Torres, and Cavani. Who yeah. I would say any of those if we if we could have any of that kind of output. Um, any of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we we've we've probably earned we've probably spent about a quarter of the money of the value we'll get. Yeah, uh, and and he he sits second in um in the goals and assists per ninety um list um behind Suarez, who was at Ajax at the time. Um, but like two point two five goal and assists per, per ninety, two point five three is Suarez, and next is Kane at one point eight seven. And Kane in that had Europa League in the Mickey Mouse Cup um, to fill his boots on that season as well. But like, so if we can, uh, these great players at at 22, Thierry Henry was 1.36. And that's a phenomenal return. But uh, um, Darwin is is probably 1.7 times that. so if, if he's going to come down because he's not playing for not playing in Portugal anymore, but if he can normalise that down to about one point two, that's that's Salah. Mm. Yeah, his output there is is pretty astonishing. So so um, uh, Mane this this season was point eight seven. So we're, we're t- he's, he cut, he was almost three times Mane. Yeah. So this yeah, it's quite it's it's quite good. We can we can expect something very decent. Is is my feeling on it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, so just w- one thing um, I think there was some some um Sam um Sam McCarthy Sam McGuire. Has got his own on his own, on the UP Discord. He's got a Radars channel now. Put put loads of Nunes Radars on there. One that most interested me the most was the one he put out with um, Nunes at Benfica with Jota at Wolves because they both no, neither of them benefited from the the Liverpool uptick in their performance data. It was pre pre signings and you know and so what we did with the Diaz pod was we looked at the the, the player we're signing in for two whole seasons. Um, before they joined us, which means over four and a half thousand minutes in a sample, big sample size. And what we've got here is we've got Nunes looking against uh, Mo Salah when he was at um, Roma, Sadio Mane at Southampton, Diogo Jota at Wolves, and Luis Diaz at Porto. Um, and so obviously Salah's season here going all the way back to 2015-16 season for him, and 2014 for Sadio Mane. So, but what you can see is here some really healthy, healthy attacking numbers. Now, obviously, we have to say that Nunes is primarily is primarily a centre forward, um, even though we did 
start out as a wider player in his in, in his younger days, but he, he primarily plays as a centre forward. So you have to expect his shots and goals are going to be higher than because he's a pure striker as opposed to a wide player because of the other players here. But I think the thing that fascinates me, Sai, is that you look at these things and it's almost like Liverpool are going to have some kind of monitoring system looking at all the Scout and FB, you know, StatsBomb and all the other data sources. And as soon as a player hits a load of levels on there, he's going to have alert set. There's just going to be a big fire fire alarm going off so another one's reaching the reaching the target here they got like another flashing light like because it looks like we it's you get to a certain wheelhouse of, of, of you know of output and you're looking at this and none of these players get below a certain level of what of what we're looking for um so the lowest in terms of the shots is diaz and that's fractional 2.3 shots for diaz 2.9 for Dunet for nunes per 90 minutes on this um on, in terms of goals in actual goals the lowest was jota just at 0.39 um uh, nunes is at 0.7 key passes um salah is is way ahead here compared to everybody else and on the and on the assists um, but Darwin's Darwin is right in the middle of the other three players of Manajotti and Diaz. So you're looking at you're looking at creativity. He's still he's still creating for other forwards as well. And it's the same with his his his, 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 his assist per ninety minutes as well. Just a tick below Salah on the assist, which is which is great news. On the dribbles, um, Mane and Jota are the standouts here with four point six, four point seven per ninety, which is astonishing. Really, even more than Diaz, but. Um, Nunes is just under Salah as well, which which is which also encouraging there on the dribbles. Dribble completion, Diaz is king with sixty four percent, which is just off ridiculous for completion rate for dribbles. Um, that's like um, Wilfred Zaha levels, I think, of completion. Um, but Nunes is at fifty five, which is like Sadio Mane at Southampton. Same there. Um, on the defensive side, we always want to see some um, some 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 signs that the player is not going to be a passenger. And has to be has to contribute to in the clock system to to the off ball work and just in terms of the tackles plus interceptions per ninety minutes he's at one point one Salah was at one point two Jota one point four uh, only Sadio Mane was significantly more than everybody else there with two point seven his goal involvement is fantastic and again the shot conversion here all the players minimum shot conversion was was Mane fourteen point four percent at Southampton Nunes is at twenty four percent over the last two seasons with with um. With uh, with Benfica, and again uh, references shot accuracy as well. Again, the highest the 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 bunch here, forty five percent shot accuracy, uh, and then the lowest there was Diaz with thirty seven. And I think that after watching him for half a season at Liverpool, that kind of makes sense now. To be honest, he is not he does not get as much on target as those other players. But yeah, so looks to me like this boy is he's doing all the right things. Say he does. He does. Um... He, the the sh- uh, shot uh, accuracy is uh, is interesting to me, and we don't post shot from Portugal. No, which we see the level of keep. He's facing. No, um, against this and the Benfica keeper, they were shocking. Yeah, both of them were absolutely shocking. They really, yeah. really were. But he also had two phenomenal finishes against the uh, English teams against us. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I think he has a lot of talent. I, I wonder. I don't know what you think that. Um, 
it was interesting you referenced Zaha from a dribbles perspective yeah. because um, he is an elite dribbler, but also um, he gets to play in broken play all the time. So he's playing constantly against isolated fullback yeah. um, <clears throat> with, with 55 metres of space right behind him. Um, and that's not how we play. We don't. Mo Mo gets the ball, and he's got ten meters at most behind whichever two yeah. fullbacks and a centre back he's fa- he's facing. So it's much harder to break. Our dribble numbers are higher when we're um, when we're one nil up, and we've got the yeah. opportunity to counter. And it, or, or it's or it's a basketball match. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And and he is much more used to that. So it's going to be his numbers are going to come down without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. But. He is still a very good at this skill, and I, I want to see the kind of dribbler he is because I've seen him do uh, do some fancy step overs. He's not quite uh, Ronaldo when he was at United level, but um, yeah. but if he can if he can create separation, um, and then the the what the most important thing I see from um, a, a tight packed defense is to be able to to create enough separation either way in either direction for you to get a pass or a shot off yeah. um, well, rather than up, actually beating your man. That brings us on very nicely to the, the highlights of the, the, the White Scout scouting report, say. And, I, and I'm going to put the first one in, in the chat, which I, I liked, which was the dribbles. Um, so dri- dri- click on this in the live show chat, guys, because this is, this, is this, is, this is really nice stuff from the White Scout guys. Um, and this is exactly the kind of thing you're talking about. It's like, where, where does he dribble? Um, what does he do with it? Um, and um, and who does he and who's he up against? And I think it's a if, if first of all it shows you how how much he likes to pull out to the left hand side, doesn't it? Say, si? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, if you look at his high, there's a, a bunch of uh, of those Divokarigi, Thierry Henry uh, light moments that that he's picking the ball up on the. Um, corner of the penalty box and yeah. uh, f- uh, faking out, dropping in and trying to curl the ball. Like Diaz does the same stuff, doesn't he? But um, yeah. probably a little bit quicker. Uh, yeah, so he's got that got that in his locker, but I liked that he was going left as well as right sometimes and pulling the ball back. Yeah. Well, but he plays with shit, shit strike partners, so there was no one in the box to score. <laughs> but why scouts have got him as nine goals following dribbles in the last 12 months? And you can wow. see them all. They're, they're the blue. They're the blue diamonds on this on this list. Well, the, the crazy the crazy thing is, despite him being the most um, marked and fouled player on the planet, Mo has the highest number of goals per from dribbles. What was so, you know what his was last, this this season? Do you know what, any ideas for context? Uh, I don't. I uh, I don't have the uh, Liverpool sheet open. Eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but that's, it's at nine nine in a year. Is is a good number, isn't it? For goals following. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a very good number. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, what, that means if you if you if you are going to get into a counter attacking situation, or even just a even just a one on one situation in a normal in, a, in normal play, I mean, it's you know no, no defender is going to be able to rest easy in this sort of situation, are they? No centre back. Yeah, Mo had eight. Yeah, nice, nice. Which led the league. So this is so yeah, that's the context for yeah for um, what Darwin the kind of player Darwin is. I, yeah. Imagine imagine him playing alongside Mo. Then yeah. you got one, one and eighty pulling out left, one and eighty pulling out right. Yeah, uh, wrong foot. Um, yeah, I uh, good luck with that. Yeah, um, and I, the, the next one I put in is the um, it's just how he how he progresses the ball, and it's fair to say, say, just like 
say Alex Oxley Chamberlain or Naby Keita, he, he's he's a, he's a carrier. He's not a dribbler. He's a carrier. He's not a passer. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. But he goes to the transition thing. I think there's an, op- an opportunity in this. But I, I, maybe you're right. I, I just think it's hard for us to to have any real objective um, conclusion on yeah. on this because because it's about playing style and opportunity. Yeah. yeah. But he definitely has the capa- the ability to be a carrier for sure. Yeah. We yeah. don't know if he has the ability to be the passer too. Um, was there anything in the Y Scout profile that you particularly caught your eye? No, it was it was the it was the um, dribble location that I thought was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, should we look at the really fun stuff? Um, his um, his finishing map. I mean, the thing that stands out there is straight away is look how many shots are in the corner. That is fantastic. That yes. if we ha- if we if we have the post shot xG on those, that's a really good thing. That that's like um, that's like a tennis player going for you know the, the corners of the box on serve, isn't it? Say. Si? It's the quality of going for the lines, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that that is tremendous, and that that's the kind of thing that can explain a twenty nine percent shot conversion in the last twelve months and an overperformance of eleven goals against. Imagine XG. having these maps for Robbie Fowler. Back in the day, yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. He, so he, in, used to, he genuinely used to hit side net, netting with most of his shots. Yeah. Um, one thing on this, which will be included, of course, pens. Um, he, he's he's perfect in his career from pens. He's ten from ten in his career, which is always nice, nice, nice thing to have in your in your wheelhouse, isn't it? But yeah, it is. But we already discussed the uh, the quality of Portuguese goalkeeping. Yeah, <laughs> um, he, he's he, he's got an aerial threat, say, as you would expect with a player with that physique. Yeah. Uh... I honestly, I am the least scouting of of uh, potential players. But from looking at, uh, I've I've watched maybe forty minutes of videos this afternoon, and I've seen <laughs> him play four times, um, and I've seen him head the ball. But he doesn't. He he looks more imposing than Divi, but he's not Torres in the air. So he's he's a big physical lad. But I think we're more likely to see stuff on the ground. He he is yeah. He is not like. Zeko, he just happens to be big. So I, I, I don't know if they can convince him to be um, like a big, tall, powerful lad, or he's just going to be a more complete, I don't know, Shevchenko, just a taller Shevchenko. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting. We, we put a lot of crosses in, but I, we don't, I don't know. Diogo scores a lot of goals from headers, doesn't he, I suppose? And, and mm. so he's, he's, not, he's not a big lad, so... There's there's opportunity for him for sure. Yeah, well you can learn from the best, can't you? So it's it's more about positioning than 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 um, actual like power of of neck muscles and ability to head a ball. Um, if you if you get in the right positions, if you make ru- near post runs and get separation between the two defenders on the far post, you're gonna get fairly simple headers, and sometimes they're gonna go in. Uh, most if you watch most headers in the in the Premier League, they are they don't go in where the where they were. Targeted. Yeah. So, how many headers do you see that come off a shoulder? But uh, that's the extreme. But you see that twenty times a season. Um, a lot of the time, it's just headed towards goal, and it's just it's willingness to head the ball more than more than actual ability to put it into the top corner with a curl, like you occasionally see. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Olkin Cole for posting the stats bomb. Um, Nunes versus Mane 
um, as well. Um, that's a really nice overlay, isn't it, for comparison there, Sai, on the Nunes and Mane. The only thing that Mane is really clear on there is the pressures, but like that, you know that that you know that will be interesting to see what happens with Dar- Darwin at, when he's when he's played a year under Klopp. Yeah, yeah, it's just an opportunity. Hmm. But yeah, that's a very promising radar. Thank you very much for that, Richard. Um, okay, lastly, say the stuff that you're most interested in of all this is the ta- is the ta- the tactics and the evolution. Um, what do you think this means for the team? I that's what the whole thing. I'm just fascinated by it, like because he is such a different type than we have. He has a different skill set, though a couple of overlapping. He he tends to be uh, a more transition-based forward than I would have thought we needed, if that makes sense. Because we, we, three, four years ago, we used to keep, transition was our biggest weapon. Yes. Um, and now we have, so, so four years ago, we used to, we averaged 54% possession. This season, nearly 68 yeah, like we we have so much of the ball in the final third now. We're we're yeah. ostensibly we have City's dominance over a game. We just once we get there, we create in different ways to them. So, yeah. um, both I, I find it fascinating. Both Klopp and and Guardiola at the same time have basically bought the same lad, um, and it's one that they've played deliberately without for three, four, five years. Um, well, we always say this football is cyclical. You know, football, you know, you you know, the the eras of football change because, you know, the other teams change, tactics evolve, they become adept at nullifying one with the the predominant way. Um, you know, like we, we, we see we see this in baseball right now. I, I know you follow baseball. This, we we've got a bunch of people that listen that are from, not from England that, that all know what I'm talking about. But but like historically, that you would throw the ball to the bottom of the zone. So throw so the the bowlers would pitch would throw the ball low um, uh, because hitters would bounce the ball on the floor and the fielders would get them out. Um, and then. Basically, through analytics, through through uh, super high um, velocity cameras, they managed to see a gap in in how a player would swing and a weakness in an area, and so they started to throw the ball much higher, right at the top of the zone, and it changed completely the way hitters tried to tried to def- to, to face that and tried to hit the ball for home runs, mm. and now all of a sudden. There's there's a couple of really soft throwing lads that are throwing the ball low again, and that and you'd expect that um, these incredible hitters would just be able to d- hit hit that because it's so- it's twenty mile an hour softer or whatever than the hundred mile an hour they're used to facing. But because they don't they aren't used to it, they aren't conditioned to doing that thing. Mm. It's it's a strength. So maybe that sides are coming to terms with how. Um, to defend in a low block against um, it, swift interchanging, um, switching side to side because we're the biggest switching side in the league, and then trying to create space that way so you can get into the hot zone and create a pullback like City do mm. to to eights flooding the box at, um, through specific timing of of whoever is is the I mean- insurgent into the box, and maybe there is a th- uh, the need for the physical threat that we didn't have that we've been playing without maybe 
um, so there are more sides in the Premier League now with faster um, centre-backs, smaller centre-backs, and they're better at controlling space, but they aren't as good at fighting a physical guy. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we've all, you know, we've we spent all all last year talking about the high line and just 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 but city when they played spurs both times they got absolutely shredded by tottenham on the counter attack just as we did in a, and maybe guardiola's fed up with you know playing 55 meters from his own goal and getting hit with sucker punches from harry kane and you know, maybe maybe the goal is to play a more conventional line and then go back to having um a center forward to occupy defenders and play in a far more conventional way i mean so what what that will actually mean is is there will be there will be periods in a game where where you'll see City and Liverpool strategically drop twenty meters and not bother to press. Yeah. And so that they're to try to entice a, a team out, whether they will or whether they'll just play the ball around at the back in absolute sterile possession for twenty minutes at a time. That that's it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, but that's going to be the challenge. And then once they get in our, uh, get over the halfway line, then we'll press, we'll swarm them like lunatics yeah. and hopefully catch that half-court counter-attack. But you could, you could easily sing maybe from a high line to a mid-block, for example. You know, we don't, we don't know what they'll be. We'll be really interested to see what happens with both teams, won't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I think it's really interesting that both of them have done it, is what, is what I... Yeah, I, 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 for sure, for sure. Um do you think um, the fans seem to be getting very excited about four two three one? I think this means, as in, I don't know. I mean, is well. First of all, let's acknowledge that basically Klopp played four two three one for six years at Dortmund, right? That was his predominant formation. Yeah, um, he's obviously very comfortable with it historically. Um, I think it's fair to say that four three three at Liverpool, everybody thought he was going to do four two three one, but he, well, I think it's probably because he looked at the squad and then this is the best way to go with these players. Um, but if you look, we've talked about this so many times, that if you look at pose- uh, um, heat maps in possession, that what you will see is uh, a, largely you'll see a box um, around the halfway line of the two centre-backs and um, from Klopp, it's four two three one. 2 um, yeah. You'll see two midfielders creating a box and yeah. then, then you'll see five ahead of them, basically. Yeah. Um, and that's what we that's the way we play anyway so, yeah, so because, we've effectively so yeah. it's just how you get from one to the other yeah it's how you get from so you have you have um uh without possession deep without possession you get with possession high and then you'll get um positive and negative transitions and yeah. you have different formations for those four um parts of the game yeah and and people get really caught up in what a team looks like i don't even know because you don't see it in a kickoff but what a team looks like on a paper yeah so it's, it's all about roles and how you progress the ball through each each zone of the pitch yes and what they're what they're ostensibly the, the, the difference in all of these things are two things really is um uh, it does our does our center forward drop and allow our wide forwards to run in beyond? Yes. Or is the nine going to push high and make yeah. runs in behind? Which way around is the and... V going to... Is it going to be a V or, you know, is it going to... Yeah. Where is the yeah, nine yeah, 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 yeah. 
Is it going to be a V or a, or a pyramid? Yeah. I, I, I was going to suggest, I was going to say, that was going to be one of my questions for you. I was going to say, does this mean that we have um, effectively given up on trying to have the Bobby replacement? Because if, say, if we could have got Bobby 2015, would we have signed that player and then carried on with 4-3-3? That makes but sense. We, yeah, but we couldn't get that player. So therefore we've gone... We've gone the other way. Well, I, I think maybe Klopp sees his system in that it needs these specific um, traits to interact with one another to produ- produce the, this appropriate like chemistry that, yeah. that leads to success. And I wonder if there is less um, penalty box penetration from Diaz than, than peak Mane. Yes. And... So you're going to need more from the centre forward or from Mo. Yes. But but you if you don't the the not having peak Bobby means you need more creativity from from one of them as well. Um, and you're going to get that from Mo. So he's going to be less penetrative into the box or inside the box. So you're going to need it from somebody else. You're going to yeah. need that to be made up from both peak Mane and peak Mo, so that's where the centre forward comes in. So I think Mo is going to join up more than he has done. Well, yeah. he actually did a lot last season, to be fair. Well, I agree and with in, in big moments, he, he was the one that was... He, he's our attack yeah. creator, for sure. Our yeah. attacking playmaker. Yeah. I, 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 I think that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. No, and I also think that what you said was a very perceptive observation about Diaz versus Pete Mane and in terms of he, he's definitely more of the wide player than than the, than the than the forward player isn't he Diaz yeah yeah I think yeah. his first thought Mane's first thought is get the ball off get in the box yeah and, he's, he's and, always been a scorer not a creator Mane always yeah yeah um so the other thing I'm where does say, Diogo come into this what do you reckon well I just think he can play everywhere right right so just the main one on the four two three one. Um, I agree with you. What you described the the, the outer possession so essentially with a double pivot anyway. I guess the fundamental diff, the fundamental change will be the third player. Whether it's the the, the attacking eight. When we seen when we Naby plays the attacking eight, we've basically seen him playing alongside the centre forward, haven't we? In the in the double false nine position with the pressing. Yeah, like case exhibit A would be the Carling Cup final against um, Chelsea and the League Cup sem- um, FA Cup semi-final against Man City. Absolutely two yeah. fantastic performances where he basically played as a, you know, in the double false nine position off the ball, right? Now, whether you have man somebody like Cater or Curtis Jones or Harvey Elliott as that third attacking eight, or whether you have a fourth attacker as very much um, a 10. Now, in Klopp's Dortmund teams, this was very much either Shinji Kagawa or um, Mario Götze, yeah. Um, what do you see? Um, obviously, Bobby could play that role um, when if he's fit, right? Say, si? who else do you think is on the could could fit into that role? Um, I think Mo played that role when he was at, um, I, at Roma. I was going to ask you: Would you like to see Mo Salah in that role? Yeah, uh, um, probably. And as he's is he inevitably hard working ten, yeah, not a luxury ten. Yeah, just doing the things he does already. I, I think he's always going to come from the right, though. Mm. So he's it, just his role. Instead of getting into the box first, he's going to drop in and uh, try and find space um, that is going to allow Darwin to get in. Yeah, 
and obviously the the new lad we just signed from Fulham, he basically played just played an entire season in that position behind um, the Serbian fella uh, Mitrovic, and yeah. Mitrovic just Mitrovic broke the the championship goal scoring record, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, phenomenally. Yeah. Um, but not not mostly from assists from Cavalier though. Um, no. But um, Cavalier was really good at get uh, arriving late in the box um, uh, for crosses. I really, I wonder. Like I find the Cavalio signing really, really interesting because he's a kid. People yeah. get really excited about kids, um, <laughs> and as brilliant a kid as a nineteen-year-old can be, Liverpool may be the. They're definitely one of the three best teams in the world. Kids don't play in one of the three best teams yeah. in the world. Yeah. So it's really hard to break into that. Well. I would just say, Harvey Elliott went to Blackburn on loan, came back, and then he was a fixture in the team that started the season. And Harvey, I, I, I honestly, I, I, I think that was a little bit of a Chelsea myth as well. I think he did, he did some really nice things, and I think it was circumstance based. I don't yeah. think he was, I don't think he was actually ever that high on on the depth chart for Klopp. I was but just going to say, felt like he was first choice, and he wasn't ever. I was just going to say. The only thing I was going to say, if Elliot can, can come back and make an impact as well, Carvalho had basically a much better season statistically than Elliot did um, for a better team, and he played a lot more minutes. So, and yeah, so he's he's I think he's a year older as well. So he is, fair. he is, he is. But I, I I think we have a very complex system which Harvey has ha- had lots of time to practice. Um, so I, I would guess Harvey is further along than, so you're, than high, higher up than Cavalio. So if we are going to play a four-two-three-one, you think the best candidates for ten would either be Bobby or Mo, yeah, and that will give you the option yeah. to play Jota right, Diaz left, and Nunes through the middle. Yeah. Okay. Um, the reason I said about Jota is he's the most two-footed player in the team. Say, so you know, he, yeah. he's very comfortable on right or left, um, and he's comfortable playing the the. the the, the the most advanced uh, the centre forward position as well so I think he's basically I think he's a utility cover across any of the positions and and he can be brilliant he he's just well, he is he, he he is people get like I don't know I think they misread Mane he because he, he does some sk- silky stuff and he looks more skillful than Jota but their their capacity to go past a player is very similar yeah um, I agree yeah but you just don't see like Mane, ne- Mane is not an assist. He's not. He doesn't no. create big chances. And, and this Jota is what we said all, all the season. We said this, didn't we? That neither Jota or Mane, when they were playing at the centre forward, was was they they were not close to peak Bobby in terms of the overall contribution from the centre forward role, no. were they? Yeah. No, exactly. And Mo, Mo, despite having the most touches in the box and being the most targeted player in the box, also had the most through balls. Mm. And you can't pass to himself. Yeah. So maybe have... maybe Darwin is a target for Mo. Yeah. What? Do you, so I mean, the, the idea of putting Mo, Salah in the ten personally that really excites me. So si. I don't know about you. Getting him it, essential it is, from this. It, it is exciting, but I also think um, that having Naby going inside out, like last season, but a little bit more expanded, and having Darwin up 
and and Mo drop Mo coming in more deliberately straight in towards the middle of the space of of in between the lines in Bobby's spot because there's going to be more space there because Darwin is committing the defenders. Yeah. Um. I think that leaves Mo in a much uh, with much more much greater options than he had before because he's going to have um uh Cater in the um in the half space to his right. He's going to have yeah. Trent around. Uh, to his right to to um, to feed, and then he's going to have Darwin and um, potentially Diaz or Jota coming in off the left to pick out, and he loves yeah. that path. Whoever's cutting in from the left, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, my last question to you was going to be uh, that I, I my prediction is going to be that we start the very first match of next season in the first competitive match in a four three three. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we see four two three one in the league straight away. It might be something we work on in the cups, like you know, league cup or you know, the early rounds of the Champions League or something. Say, but I, I think it's going to be well because there's absolutely no reason why Nunes can't play through the middle in a four three three. Absolutely not, is there? No, no, not at all. I, 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 I don't even think it's going to be a thing. I, I, think, I think I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a change of role rather than a change of formation. If that, like, I, I think Mo is going to be coming in more, right. So Trent will stay wide. Into the 10 space rather than playing as a 10 and somebody on the right. And I think uh, playing Jota on the right is going to be a break glass. And we've got four strikers. Bobby. Bobby, I've never been convinced by Bobby as a 10. I think he's been a much better nine than he ever played as a 10 for Liverpool. Um, And let's not forget about him. That's No, I agree. Um, But, you know, if, if, you know, if, um, if Mo comes inside more as the deepest of the three forwards. Do you see in those situations Trent staying much closer to the touchline, much wider position? I think we have specific spaces that need Mm. filling. Uh, And I think they're just going to be a rejigging as there was at the beginning of last season of who goes where. Um, So it took a while for it to get the, the wide, the right eight into the right spot. Yeah. At the right time. That's the that's the key key component of this is you've got to fill the right space at the right time. And that's what we weren't doing, which we kind of which Nabby kind of did by the end of the season. Um and so it's 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 basically up to the eight as it was last season to judge when we've got fixed possession and high possession. Um, and that's when they move, when we've got safety in behind. And, and they were going too early before last season, which caused us to get into, into a really dangerous negative because we hadn't closed the space behind. Um, and I think we're just going to be better at that this season. So it's, it wouldn't surprise me if, if uh, we saw Trent come in and out a little bit more. Last season, he was just coming in, wasn't he? Yeah. But the left side pretty much looks after itself, though, doesn't it? You've basically got Robert doing Robbo things with Simi understudy. And then, basically, if Diaz isn't there, then Jota can basically just do the same role interchangeably off the left. That's going to look uh, after uh, itself, uh, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I actually weirdly think that, um, that having Darwin up front, um, it gives more of a target and more of an opportunity to play Simikas more often. Mm. If that makes sense, because he's actually mm. a better passer, yeah, and a better crosser. So playing Darwin means that we have that we have to build in a different way than we did before. 
So you have to get the ball into the midfield in a more progressive way than we have before, probably a little bit earlier. Um, and Samikas is better at that. Yeah. Anyway, exciting times, Sai. Exciting times. Really is. Yeah. Who, who else do you think we're buying? I think I think we could sign another midfielder, particularly a more of a six slash eight. Whether it's going to be a stellar signing like Nunes, I'm not so sure. Whether it's going to be a numbers cover, especially if Ox goes, and you know, it's I think it's more to do with the the, the Fab and Thiago positions, isn't it? Side so we don't we don't want to flog them. You don't you don't want to overplay them. So, but do we have anybody who can really cover the defensive side? I'm not sure we do. Maybe that's the gap. No, I. I... In fairness, I think you're right. Um, I I feel like we've been really proactive in um, in the churn in long term squad planning. So we've bought a couple of lads recently that um, were probably ahead of the the when we meant originally strategized to plan them in Tiago replacing Ginny a year early and then Diaz replacing Mane six months early just because the opportunity to sign the right lad came up earlier than we planned. And I think Chermani, Chermani was that guy as well. Um, so we weren't desperate for a midfielder to upgrade. It was just that our um, long-term strategy of replacing Henderson um, or, or replacing is harsh, um, of uh, replacing the first team, Jordan Henderson, as Henderson slowly descends into Milner, um, the Milner role. And I think we probably plan for that to happen next year, but Germany was coming yeah. now and he yeah. was the guy that, that he thought they, they thought best. So I'm not sure we replaced that strategy of buying a midfielder now. Mm. Um, I would expect season on season CJ's numbers to go up. Mm. Um, I, I think it's, it's very sensible to believe that Thiago's going to hit the numbers if not yeah you got to say better. yeah 2000 minutes for tiago you got to say 3000 for fab and then he working and nabby is going to be oh fab is always what is always over 4000 i saw a thing even the other this day, year, was it even this year yeah age adjusted minutes um that fab oh, yeah. is top, top 10 in the world for age for adjusted his, minutes for his age yeah yeah crazy yeah so he's and, just a monster and we just get hopefully get another 2500 from nabby this year push on keep well, pushing on. i know i i don't think so i think i think he's going to he's going to play he's he he seems to be fine early in the season we he just was he was just out of favor he was just picked because after the whole real madrid debacle previous year when i thought he was going to be off i couldn't believe it whatever whenever he came back from Africa, a different player he played as a first choice player as in the first choice role of that, and I, I'll be really surprised if he progress beyond there. So I'm looking at a, a good, well over three thousand minutes for him. I think he'll be one of the midfield, and and I don't want to d- diminish his re- his responsibility and comfort and confidence in the team of being um, a first choice player um, by adding somebody else that we don't yeah. really need because we might need to mitigate Henderson. Yeah. Final question, Sai, uh, for you. Obviously, um, we have to be objective about these things. There is a level of risk involved in this transfer, but hopefully we've given enough step, we've given enough evidence there to show that I think we've done our homework. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on Julian Woods, um, because you've, 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 you tweeted out the other day, didn't you? Did I do what? 
you tweeted about Julian Ward, our new guy. Oh yeah, yeah. he's. Uh, I, I think it's it's interesting that we're swimming in his pool basically right now. So, so if I think the pool in which we're currently swimming is the highest chance of success, given his or expertise him. in yeah. Portugal. Because um, he, so, he used to be in, he used to be employed by Benfica and Portugal. Yeah, and Portugal national team. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was he was working with um, whatever his name is that you Kiros, um, and yeah, yeah. So he's he has been in French, in the Portuguese federation. So he he speaks Portuguese. He knows lot. He has lots of contacts there. He he is fully ingrained in the in the um, the club and player setup over there. So he knows this stuff. Um, yeah. So having bought two lads from Portugal, I'm f- the two best players in Portugal, I'm fully expecting him to hit the ground like uh, Diaz was, but with better finishing. <laughs> but the, one of the good things about that, though, Si, if, he, if he's got such, um, such strong links in Portugal, it's the gateway to Brazil from a yeah, European yeah. perspective. And yeah, that's just yeah, yeah. magical, isn't it? Dual nationality and all that, and yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, just so it's to, to for a, to paraphrase a classic rock track, it's meet the new boss, uh, same as the old boss. Hey man, he's doing a great job so far. Yeah. All right. Okay, and that's been your ad and Darwin Nunes. Uh, under pressure spot under pressure. I can't even speak. I'm so excited. So <laughs> Darwin Nunes under pressure special. Hope you enjoyed that. As always, give us your feedback, please. We love it, guys. And especially, we'll see you on the UP Discord channel. Uh, And we will be back next week with more UP specials throughout the summer. Okay, until the next time, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.